Today, the 2024 Republican candidates get grilled by Tucker Carlson and not all survive. And the Secret Service finalizes their cocaine investigation. Well, sort of. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and on Friday, I joined several of my Blaze TV colleagues for a presidential forum where six of the 2024 Republican candidates were interviewed by Tucker Carlson. Specifically, Tim Scott, Asa Hutchinson, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Ron DeSantis, who all fielded questions uh, ranging from Ukraine, children being indoctrinated into the pervasive LGBTQ ideology, the weaponization of government, and more. And if you miss the summit, what you'll find today as we go through some of the highlights or lowlights rather is that in just a 20 minute interview tucker imploded at least two presidential campaigns masterful we'll get to that in a moment but before we do i want to express how proud i am of the blaze tv network for arguably changing the game because on the same day that fox news announced they were laying more people off we provided a high quality mainstream media level production where voters could go to watch the candidates discuss what they actually care about with a moderator who would not only ask the hard questions, but follow up when a question would go unanswered. And I'm just saying, with as tremendous and effective as our coverage was at this presidential summit in Iowa, it's past time to break up with mainstream media if you haven't already. They hate you, and clearly you don't need them anymore. Here to discuss the candidates' performances and more are Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder of Ripiverse Comics, along with Blake Cresses. He is, of course, the B in the KGB show, True. which is not affiliated with Russia. As always, so happy to be back. <laughs> Glad that you guys here. are Love here. here. Um, it's going to be a fun day because I want to go through some of the uh, the high points of this presidential forum. And I want to start, I'm just going to kind of go... It was a really long day for us uh, covering it. It was like 10 hours of, of continuous coverage of all of these candidates. Um, so I want to kind of go in order uh, chronologically of when at while it was happening, which the first up was Tim Scott. Now, Tim Scott, um, he was like, meh. I don't know if you guys watched it. He didn't say anything surprising. He didn't say anything shocking. Um, but in fact, he did this really weird thing where... There was a seat, there was a chair for him to sit down and discuss. This is supposed to be a one-on-one -on -one discussion between him and Tucker Carlson. And instead, he weirdly like would stand up to answer Tucker's question and just like walk past Tucker, which left Tucker looking very confused, as were <laughs> the rest of us, uh, as you can see from his face. I mean, that literally was my face when he did it. I was like, what are you, why? What are you doing? This is weird. I don't think it played well with the crowd. Um, but I, I want to ask you guys, I think that Tim Scott has a really good story. I think his personal story is very powerful. Um, I think that it is specifically very powerful for a black man in America to say, I grew up dirt poor. I had, you know, I didn't have anything handed to me. But even I can tell you there is opportunity for everyone in America. I think that that's a really strong story to have. I just don't find him particularly compelling as a candidate. Am I missing something? Well, Tim Scott? Uh, yeah. Probably not. I mean, uh, yeah. he's, he's pretty, you know, you kind of see what you get with that, with that guy. Yeah. And look, it depends on what it is that you're looking for. I mean, I've accepted that the presidential election is a, essentially a beauty contest. And for better or for worse, it's just what it is. 
You're not really, I mean, they can be hypocrites. They can be terrible on different issues, but it's more of a combination of being able to communicate that and more importantly, be able to get people enthusiastic. Uh, that's more of what this is about. And so that's where you don't have short. that. And if you don't have that, Tim Scott didn't have that. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't have that, then you really don't stand a chance um, uh, unless this landscape is going to change. But I don't see that happening. This is what the presidential election has really been sort of in the in the modern era. And people that run have to understand that. Like, you can't just run on the issues, issues alone base. As much as we can be idealistic about that, and we love that for that to be the case, like, hey, the guy that seems to have the better ideas mm-hmm. and ways to implement or lack thereof should be the person that wins. Um, but the average regular individual doesn't think that way. Um, and yeah, so you have to be able to present something and get mm-hmm. something enthusiastic, or get that audience enthusiastic. And Tim Scott doesn't really have that about him. Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, the two people who I cared least about while watching the summit were Tim Scott and Nikki Haley. Yeah. Asa Hutchinson, I call him Asa, uh, he would be up there too, but I was interested in watching him just because I knew it was going to be terrible. I knew it was going to be an absolute dumpster fire. But yeah, Tim Scott just seems like the most generic. And I like the, what he said about his story and whatnot. You know, right, that's admirable. Right, yeah. But he really, to me, seems like one of the most generic cookie-cutter type politicians. Um, I Quite frankly, I mean, I don't know that much about him. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Sure, he's a swell individual. But like you said... That's all of that enthusiasm, that personability. It's definitely not there for him. So, yeah, one of the least interesting people. But I really like that picture of him just walking past. Our, he's like the he's like the kid like he's like the kid in the in the class who was the first to present their presentation. Like they had a project to present yeah. and he did it real awkwardly and didn't really know what to do. That was me in fourth grade. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny. To well, say the there was a there was another moment where he um, they were talking about Im- immigration and he like said I that he told Tucker, he, I'm going to make you my bye-bye ambassador. And it was like, all right, that's uh. so corny. It was it was, it was, was very awkward to watch. You bring up Nikki Haley. Um, I think that those are two people. In fact, I don't even have a, a, a highlight from Nikki Haley because yeah. there wasn't anything really noteworthy that was said. Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, um, I don't think did anything to really move the needle one way or another or gave any sort of answers that would cause anyone some sort of a, like, oh, we need to have a conversation about this. Yeah. However... Asa Hutchinson was next up on the docket, and um, I believe that this was the uh, the date of death of his campaign. Oh, yeah. Was Friday when Tucker asked him about um, the the uh, bill that he vetoed in Arkansas that would have prevented uh, child mutilation. Of course, they call it gender-affirming care. And he kept referring to gender gender-affirming care as treatment when, I don't know, I feel like good medical care, the treatment should actually, like, not involve mutilating children. So it seems weird for a Republican governor to be using that type of language. Tucker's like, hey, tell me about this. Why, like, why you're calling this treatment? Kind of prodding him on the LGBT issue when it comes to children. And here was a, a quite a telling moment from Hutchinson. Watch. I mean, this is a permanent change we are making to a child. Why would we allow that if we don't allow surgery? Well, permanent change is one issue, but also hormonal treatment is a different issue and can be a different issue. And whenever you look at the bill that I vetoed, there was not any grandfather clause in there. Again, uh, I respect legislators that have a different view, but I think independently, I think of the parents, I think of the Constitution, and actually the court, if you read the decision of the federal judge that struck it down as unconstitutional, really sided with parents as well. 
well. But how is it treatment? But how is it treatment? I guess that's my question. If you have a child who says, who's born a boy, I want to become a girl. He hasn't gone through puberty yet. He's say ten. Is it treatment to prevent him from going through the natural process of adolescence? How is that treatment? It, it seems not like treatment. It seems like something else. Well, you have to. Tucker, I hope that we'll be able to talk about some issues. I know that. Well, this is could... one of the biggest issues in the country, and I think I would. Every person in this room would agree that it is a, a central issue because it, these are children who are being altered permanently, and you can defend that alteration, that change, if you like. But there's really no debate about whether or not it's permanent. I hope that we can talk about the issues as he is talking about perhaps one of the biggest issues, if not the biggest issue of our lifetime happening right freaking now. Um, I want to play. Uh, I asked Hutchinson a follow up question at his little press briefing after his performance with Tucker. And here was that exchange. Watch. What would you say to all of the detransitioners who, as children, were mutilated and given irreversible puberty blockers, uh, had irreversible damage done to their bodies with hormone therapy, with puberty blockers, because they had mentally ill parents and they had politicians who chose not to do anything about it? What would you say to that growing group of people? Well, if there's a, a, a cure that's been made uh, by the physicians that recommended that treatment, then there is a civil cause of action uh, for uh, malpractice uh, for that purpose and for the damage that's been done. Uh, and, and so that, to me, is, a, uh, is, is an approach that's been traditional in our country when there's been errors in Rome. So they could, have their, they could have money, but they can't get their sexual organs back. Answer that if there's uh, whenever there is a loss, that is the recovery that our system of justice provides. Yeah, um, I don't think you're going anywhere, Asa. I think you can go ahead and pack it up and go home because in this particular primary, that's not going to fly, Eric. Yeah, no, that's one of the big, big issues right now, gladly, um, it, it, that it is. And it's one of those where the line is getting, it, it needs, needed to be drawn, mm -hmm. right? That mm -hmm. this is one that you don't cross. This is what opened a lot of people's eyes to just how criminal the these medical sort of institution certainly was. Uh, we use this term, well, we don't hear, but everybody now is using this term, trans kids, which, as if that's a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And folks are pushing back against that. So definitely, if you're going to run with the R next to your name, you're probably going to have to lead with that sort of issue because it's, it's creeped in basically all facets of everybody's life. And they really can't get away from it. Public school systems. Again, we already know what the medical institution is authorizing uh, as well. The, the media it is that they're that they're consuming where it's becoming more and more or it's an attempt to make this more normalized. Right. So. They're going to want people, the Republican base and people that would generally support, let's say, Republicans are going to want folks that are very blunt, very direct and uh, saying that they are against it and it should not be tolerated. Yeah. And um, I don't think that's an unreasonable position uh, for anybody to have. And I say this, of course, as a libertarian, like if <laughs> of all issues we should be able to agree on is the children should right. be left the hell alone. Right. Um, and if you can't just take a firm substantive position on that and just say that's jacked up and it needs to be rejected in its entirety 
you're not going to stand a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an absolute embarrassment. I mean, you cannot possibly be more out of touch with the base. Um, and two years ago, like I worked the elections in 2022. I worked in the primary season for a man named Jeff Younger, whose son is being transitioned by his ex-wife. And two years ago, this wasn't as well known of an issue. And we go door knocking. People be like, oh, it's not a big deal. It happens every so often. So, you know, we covered it candidate. on my show. Yeah, yeah. As it was happening. Yeah, We absolutely. covered it on the show. Yeah. But now, thanks to the work that, you know, we did yeah. back in the day, yeah. uh, I think like last uh, Pride Month when we were going to all these drag shows and exposing everything undercover and whatnot. And then, uh, and then of course, the, uh, What is a Woman by Matt Walsh. Mm-hmm. This has definitely become one of the biggest issues of our time. And it's awesome. You go from like... Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, you got the moderates, you know, uh, yeah. lukewarm Republicans, whatever, or just uninteresting Republicans to a far leftist in comparison with Asa Hutchinson. But yeah, like I said, you cannot be more out of touch with the base. And this was perfectly exhibited when he went to Turning Point, uh, Turning Point USA's action conference in Florida over this last weekend. And he got booed universally by all of the Zoomers in the audience. Ninety-six percent of which, by the way, said that they would support Trump in this primary. But regardless oh. of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot, honestly sad to see. You know, he just got bullied by these kids. Rightfully so, though. Rightfully yeah, so. yeah. So the the last one that I want to play here is uh, the other campaign that I believe just <laughs> there's you, you you can pack it up and go home, Mike Pence, because after your comments going all in on Ukraine, I mean, this is a man who's basically like, we need to see this to the end. And as long as it takes as many American dollars, millions of dollars, billions of dollars as it takes, we have to see this through. I love war in Ukraine. Yes. Give me more. And Tucker's like, hey, but what about like there are a lot of problems plaguing Americans and Mike Pence literally says that's not my concern. R.I.P. Mike Pence's campaign watch. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. And as president of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. And we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. And as President of the United States, we will secure our border, we will support our military, we will revive our economy and stand by our values, and we will also lead the world for freedom. Eric, did you realize up until that point that you have a small, you must be small-minded, you must be one of those small-minded Americans, because you're one of those Americans who think maybe we shouldn't be getting involved in everyone else's business. It's not a matter of whether or not we have the, the ability to, but rather we shouldn't have to. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, the the literal neocon. Uh, that is the position. It always has been, and war efforts is something that's always going to be attractive to them. Uh, and I'm glad that it's starting to become something that's more unpopular among the, uh, let's say, conservative base. 
to meddle in other people's affairs. I think it unfortunately had to take several decades of just absolute failures, uh, attempts to nation build, getting involved in other countries in the civil wars, uh, dethroning whoever was the leader over there uh, or, you know, funding both sides of these individual mm -hmm. wars. Uh, and, and it's had its share of blowback uh, there as well. So you're not actually resolving anything. And people are starting to wake up yeah. more to that. Uh, and, and I'm glad. I, mean, I guess it's better later than never. Um, that you would think at minimum the thing that you should be focused on, if anything else, is the, the geographical area you're contained to, right. Right. <laughs> as opposed to worrying about what the hell is going on right. uh, abroad. This whole leader of the free world uh, thing, which all, that only means Warhawking. Yeah. Is nonsense. Yeah. It, well, and it does, um, to, to his point, Blake, you know, there are a lot of places uh, in Africa um, and other places where there are a lot of conf there's geographical conflict. We don't seem to be getting involved in any of those. So it's very disingenuous to hear Mike Pence act like, oh, well, we're just out. We just want to give everyone democracy. We just want to give everyone freedom. No. No, you don't, because conveniently, you're not involved in any of those. Uh, also, you're involved in uh, Ukraine, which happens to be like the best money laundering scheme for Democrats that yeah. there ever was. True. I mean, it, it really, to me, from what I've gathered, it's just all about weakening Russia. That's the whole thing. Everyone knows, everyone inherently knows that like Ukraine belongs to Russia. All these leaders, you see, <laughs> you see Zelensky walking around all lonely with no friends at this summit that he was at. Everyone knows that, uh, that Ukraine belongs to Russia. The goal is just to weaken them as much as possible and arm Ukraine with as much as possible to just delay the inevitable of Russia, of Russia winning, which um, I don't know why people still have this Cold War mentality. As you were saying, I'm glad a lot of people are finally waking up. Pence hasn't gotten the update yet. He hasn't gotten the brain update <laughs> and realized that we don't want people like him representing us anymore. We don't want people who are not going to put America first. We don't want to be dealing with the Ukrainian-Russia a territorial dispute. We want to be dealing with the 7 million foreigners, um, Mexican nationals or South American nationals, I guess, from a different number of nations coming in, mostly military-aged men, bringing poison into our society and, uh, and killing American people. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a break, and then I want to uh, to go to the two other uh, candidates who took the stage over the weekend. Get your thoughts on it. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Bank on Yourself. So uh, you, a lot of people have been given really bad advice about retirement savings, like, you know, like max out your 401k because the Wall Street casino loves to roll the dice with your hard-earned life savings. But the only thing that Wall Street guarantees is that they always get paid whether you win or lose. There is a better way to grow your nest egg. you got to check out bank on yourself. It's a guaranteed and predictable way to grow your hard-earned money. It's a retirement plan alternative, and it gives you 100% control of your money plus tax-free income in retirement. This is guaranteed predictable growth and retirement income with no luck, skill, or guesswork required, which means your plan's not going to go backwards when the markets tumble. Both your principal and growth are locked in, and you're going to know what your tax rate will be in retirement. Zero under current tax law, which protects you from the coming tax tsunami. It's got built-in inflation protection, and your money is guaranteed to grow by a larger dollar amount every single year in both good times and bad. That is huge, especially in Joe Biden's America. You can get a free report with all the details on how the Bank on Yourself strategy adds guarantees, predictability, tax savings, and control to your financial plan. I tell you, they, it blew my mind when I talked to them. You've got to check them out. You can go to bankonyourself.com slash matters. That is bankonyourself.com slash matters. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, I know we've got other stuff that we need to get to. So um, what I want to do is I want to play uh, probably, I would say, the biggest moment for uh, Vivek Ramaswamy in his Tucker Carlson interview. And then I also want to play um, Ron DeSantis, and I want to have you guys react to both of them. So let's play uh, Vivek speaking to Tucker Carlson about January 6th and what he says the real actual cause of January 6th was. Watch. Something you can't say is that maybe January 6th, while appalling on one level, maybe it was not an insurrection. So let me, let me talk about, I've, I, haven't, I haven't talked about this much in the campaign. I'll be very honest with you. You want to know what caused January 6th? There's such a temptation to say that there's one man whose name is unspeakable. We right. can't no, first of all, it's QAnon. Put up. It's QAnon. It's QAnon. <laughs> you want to know what caused January 6th? is pervasive censorship in this country in the lead up to January 6th. You tell people in this country they cannot speak, that is when they scream. You tell people they cannot scream, that is when they tear things down. And so the reality is, we were told that you could not question where the virus came from when we all knew it came from a lab in Wuhan, which now they admit. We were told that you could not send a private message to someone on the eve of an election that Hunter Biden's laptop story was actually a true story worth considering before an election. You were systematically suppressed. So this is, think about this. You told you had to be locked down, had to take a vaccine that was mandated and forced down your throat, stay locked down in your home while Antifa and BLM roam and burn the streets of this country. So that's the lead up of one full year of telling people you have to shut up, sit down and do as you're told. And then you tell them, okay, there's an election where you didn't get the information that you needed, such as the Hunter Biden laptop story being real and suppressed. That's what caused January 6th, is a cycle of censorship in this country. And until we look ourselves in the mirror and admit truth on that, we will not move forward as a country. And I think that's the real cause. And, we're not, and I'm sorry to say this, Tucker, but I think until we reckon with that reality, I worry that that is the beginning of, it's a friendly parley compared to what's to come, unless we step up and speak truth, restore integrity, and actually lead us to who we are as a people, rather than sweeping the truth under the rug. Uh, he was also um, very strong on eliminating the weaponization of government, specifically the FBI and the DOJ. Um, I want to go to Ron DeSantis, who talked to Tucker about what possible solutions there were for what's going on in Ukraine, as we discussed briefly earlier. Here was his answer. Watch. Europe needs to do more. This is their backyard. We can't we have NATO countries that don't produce support for their own defenses and we're supposed to do it and we're taking away weapons and ammo that could go to respond to contingencies overseas. So we would do more in terms of the Pacific and the goal should be to bring it to a conclusion. You bring it to a conclusion in a way that's a sustainable piece and that doesn't reward uh, aggression. And you have to be able to use different levers uh, that you have. I mean, for example, one of the leverages I would use vis-a-vis uh, -vis Russia is I would do our own energy uh, exploration uh, and send it over to Europe so they don't have to rely on Putin. I would stop uh, giving Iran a free pass like Biden is because they're funding Russia. So we have some ability to, to use this, uh, but the goal should be we cannot have a quagmire that goes on for years and years. And seeing Biden put those troops there, I can tell you, we cannot have American troops in Ukraine. That is a total non-starter. Now, obviously, uh, the big man, 
was not present. Uh, Trump's team said that he had a scheduling conflict. He obviously is up in the polls by a very, very large margin. Um, did either of these two gentlemen, from what you guys saw, did either of the, these two gentlemen move the needle? Um, or did, I don't even know if Eric cares. Well, none of them are going to get. I mean, <laughs> Eric's like, I hate all of them. Well, it's, that's very close. But I will say that, you know, Vivek, he, he has seemingly better ideas than a lot of uh, a lot of them there. It felt to me um, like he raised his his likability. He raised yeah. his name recognition. If you, if you hear him talk about some of the other things, he you know, not even just at the summit, he, he has some decent uh, ideas. I'm talking compa- comparable yeah. to his like the other guys. But he's almost so much of a smooth talker that I'm like. Well, yeah, I mean, again, and, and I, I think have I, reasons for distrust. I have yeah. to, I have to, you know, and I, I totally agree, certainly with that. And, you know, he's had some, you look at some of his past ideas and, you know, he's had some terrible ideas on like, mm-hmm. you know, mask and, 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 and he wasn't, a, he wasn't ahead. But then I have to take a step back and remember, neither was Trump. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't either. Yeah. So it's like it's not like I can sit up here and try to rag on him about old stuff, which I see people do. Oh, look what Vivek said in 2020. Look what Trump did. That's like if we're going to be completely honest about the setup. Like, let's be honest. And we can't be griping and bitching and moaning. Excuse me. I'll take it <laughs> uh, about what's going on. And like uh, with, with COVID and uh, oh, big pharma. Who, who who kicked that off? Mm. Let's not forget and the fact that he's not getting dinged for it. It's still hilarious to me. He's in the polls. People just forgot. Yeah. And this is why I hate politics. Yeah. You know, this mm-hmm. is why I hate it. Mm-hmm. I despise it because everybody is just short minded. It's like who who says what's good that week? They're going to be ahead of the polls. They're going to be behind in the polls. And this is the person that we're supposed to get behind. But no one can disagree that Trump's the one that gives the folks the most enthusiasm. Yeah. And you can take that yeah. for whatever way that you may. I can think he's terrible. I still do think he's terrible. It's unforgivable <laughs> what, what he did with uh, with COVID. Uh, and I'm not you never I won't be casting no vote for him or any any of those clowns, to be fair. But at the end of the day, the results are the results. Mm-hmm. And I could two things can be true. I might think, well, it's, it's not I don't think you guys have a guy, to be completely honest, that that to me is like, hey, this is the guy that I think is going to turn this country around. Republicans don't have that up there. Mm-hmm. But as far as who has the uh, <clears throat> most likelihood to get people enthusiastic, which is what you need to win an election right now, it, it seems like it's Trump or bust. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For sure. Look, uh, great points from both of the gentlemen. Still not voting for either of them. Uh, we do. People can evolve. All right. We welcome the yeah. evolving. Hopefully Trump evolved a little bit. I'm, I'm banking on it. But uh, Vivek used to be super pro vaccine. Mm-hmm. Maybe still is. I don't know. Vivek's interesting character. Look, me personally, it's just in the fact that he's not a Christian that I would not vote for him. All right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's had some very smart things. He's right on a lot of the issues, but he's not Christian. He espouses Judeo-Christian beliefs, but I'm sorry, that's not enough. And uh, and he won't eat steak either. You know, that's not <laughs> not good, not good. Even Trump, with his, like, well done eating them with ketchup, he still at least eats the steak. But I really did love what Vivek had to say regarding January 6th, and I would take it a step further and say, you know, all those reasons that he laid out, Make it justified. You know, y'all can bleep that if y'all need to, but make it justified because uh, so few people... This guy would agree with you. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. So few people like to talk about it, especially high up people, someone like Vivek, who's got this national spotlight right now, bring up, and when they do bring it up, they don't really stress how important it is that our federal government was colluding Mm -hmm. with social media companies to suppress people's speech. And when that happens, when we saw that happen, we have evidence of that happening, you know... I'm not going to talk about the Tree of Liberty 
or whatever, but Tree of Liberty stuff, we can talk about it. Um, yeah, great points. Uh, DeSantis also made some... He's doing all right. Yeah. He's doing all right. Still, he's got negative charisma. I would say, you know, I I don't. I did like the fact he he used the term quagmire at yeah. least four times throughout his speech, and it just really <laughs> made me laugh. But no, like I said, good points, good points all around. But still, not getting my vote. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's just such a like. Look, I would like to use this opportunity as a reminder uh, to the viewers that we're just trying to give you analysis of the events that are taking place. Because I had people I brought up on the analysis on the show. I'm like, I wish that Donald Trump was here. I'm hearing from these people. Vivek had a great moment there. Mm -hmm. He resonated with the audience. He he got a standing ovation. So did Ron DeSantis. And so I'm like, I would love for Donald Trump to be here so that he could he could get that reception from the audience. We could hear what he has to say. He could be now. Uh, you know, all of his clips could be going all over the internet yeah. of all of the great things that he said. And I, I just said, I thought Ron DeSantis did a great job. I literally said he hit a home run. Objectively speaking, he did everything that he needed to do. There were no missteps. He, I think he, he answered everything appropriately. Um, but I said, but I wish that the president was here. I wanted yeah. to hear from him. I wish that he was here because he really could shine in a one-on-one interview like yeah. that. And and it was like I got like both sides where they're so divided right now in the Republican Party. Both sides, the DeSantis people were like, "How dare you slobber all over Trump by saying that you wanted him to be there?" Like, I mean, he's the huge leader in the polls. Of course, I want him to be there. Like, I, I, it didn't feel the same without him there because he is the candidate that is polling the highest. That just makes sense. And I'm going to say objectively that Ron DeSantis did a great job. That's okay. Okay? I still love you all. We got to make it through this primary season. We have to make it through this primary season unless you want a dementia-riddled, diaper-wearing president. All right? Please. Okay. I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, I want to thank our sponsor, uh, Jace Medical. So Jace Medical is there for uh, those of you who, you know, maybe you uh, have a lot of skin infections, respiratory infections, just any sort of bacterial infections where you're going to need antibiotics. Well, have you ever thought what would happen if the global medication supply chain of antibiotics just disappeared? You probably haven't thought about it, but what you don't realize is that most of the medicine that you are taking in this country, you think that it comes from here. It doesn't. It's manufactured in places like India and China. And, you know, it's almost like we had an event that happened like almost three years ago where the whole country shut down and uh, other countries shut down. And we found out really quickly that when things uh, are made in China, all of a sudden, sometimes you don't receive them when something like that happens. So if you are, uh, you know, you've got, you're prone to something where you're taking antibiotics, you need the Jace case from Jace Medical. It's like five different courses of antibiotics. So you can use it to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, ear infections. If you have a kid who's constantly getting ear infections, okay, make sure that you are prepped with this. So it's a great way to, you know, travel uh, or in case there are shortages. Or if you're just a busy mom like me and you're like, I don't have time to go to the doctor. I don't have time to go to the pharmacy. I know my kid. I know this is what he gets. Or I know myself. I know I'm going to get a respiratory illness and I need this for when I'm on the go. And I know what I needed. You can go to jacemedical.com, enter code NEWS at checkout. That is J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code NEWS. So as we were over in Iowa uh, last Friday, we learned the news that um, the Secret Service has closed its investigation into the bag of cocaine that was discovered at the White House earlier this month. Um, So when you hear that, you think like, great, 
they found the culprit. We're going to know. Uh, Hunter's going to, I'm sorry, whoever it was is going to pay for their crime. And, well, it turns out that um, they closed it without identifying a suspect because they didn't have the physical evidence to be able to do that, they said. So due to a lack of physical evidence, gentlemen, uh, they could not tell you. Also due to no surveillance footage, they say, that would have given them any mm. sort of clues. Uh, they just they couldn't figure it out. They said it could be like 500 people. And I guess we're never going to know that it was, in fact, Hunter's cocaine. <laughs> this is hilarious, man, because, you know, you look at how they handle this type of issue on the streets. They don't close stuff down and just say, well, we don't we don't we'll never figure it out. They don't, they don't generally do it's, something. It's that too fast. tough. Right. That, that doesn't generally happen. But especially you're dealing with the, the, the freaking White House, mm -hmm. which I'd imagine is supposed to be the, like the most secure place in, the, think. Uh, uh, in, in the world, uh, perhaps. And you, they know who did it. Mm -hmm. um, there's no reason to <laughs> pretend uh, they know who whose it was. Uh, they just don't want to tell anybody uh, else because, of course, that would then incriminate them. But, you know, I think it just lends itself to the fact that the elites play by a different set of rules. Um, I think it might have been Hunter's because uh, on that July 4th date, he was blitzed out of his mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, looking at <laughs> some of those videos, he was out of his mind. Um, and could have been someone else's, perhaps. But at the end of the day, y'all know who did it. You're selling us a lie by suggesting that, well, we just could. It could have been. every. No, nah, you know exactly who did it. And maybe they dealt with it. But either way, you know who did it. They know who did it. Yeah, they did their very best. Right. They tried. <laughs> they tried hard. It would have taken one strand of hair from each 500 possible suspects to determine. That's just look. It's unreasonable. You can't do that. They did their best and they're shutting it down, okay? It definitely wasn't Hunter's. Who's the senator who said um, he made this awesome analogy? It's like you had the Hamburglar in the White House and all the hamburgers went missing. <laughs> and then you shut down the investigation after two days without finding the Hamburglar with all the burgers. I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty so stupid. It's pretty evident. It was, it was Senator Tom Cotton. Yeah, Tom. I knew. Yeah, yeah that's who I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Funny yeah. guy. Funny guy. It really is true, though. And it's like, if you can't find something like this in the in the White House, where you have all, you should have all the surveillance footage. Like, what can you do? Why am I? Why are we funding your salary if you cannot do something so basic? I'm. So, yeah. Why? They know who did it. It's not a secret. They know exactly who did it. It's just like but with anything else. I know. You know like they got to withhold the information as but for it's like the, security. But right? the arrogance and the audacity that they have to just be like, oh, well, we don't want yeah, them to no, know, well, so we're just well, going to say well, it's yeah, closed. Because they, like, they know, like, you know, like, what are you going to do about it? It's essentially that Right, I know. That's just unfortunately how the government uh, operates, particularly the federal government. It's like, we're going to do what we want. And yeah, it doesn't make sense, but what what are you going to do about it? Nobody's going to hold our feet to the fire. I mean, yeah, somebody's smoking crack in the, in, the, in the White House. What of it? Yeah, it's very unfortunate because of how Democrats are viewing this situation. I was at a Euro restaurant the other day, and they were playing CNN, and it brought up how uh, the investigation was closing or whatever. It was just a, a news story just about mm -hmm. cocaine being in the White House. And me and my boy Caden were looking at it, we're laughing, and we hear these people at the other table, uh, clearly Democrats, they were like, I bet Trump left that there from his, that's, that's been there oh for three years. Gosh. And that's legitimately the way some people will skew this, and that's legitimately how some people will believe. But yet, more to the point of just cocaine being in the White House, and the people's house, or I guess that's the Capitol, but you know, the White House, very yeah. important landmark, 
so much disgusting stuff has entered that place since since Brandon took office. I mean, the transgender people there, all right, the 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 pride flags during that celebration, the nudists outside during that celebration. You know, the White House has been uh, deteriorated and just blemished beyond repair. Yeah, it's very depressing. Yeah, you're not wrong. It is really embarrassing. Um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back. biological male, who uh, his born name is William Thomas, he now goes by the name Leah Thomas, has just been seen recently in a, a new Instagram post dressing in an outfit called Antifa Super Soldier. That's what the tank top says with, I don't, what is that, like a, a utility belt? <laughs> So that so that he can hang. I don't that there's appear to be some keys hanging from his utility belt. Um, and uh, he just recently posted this or his partner did. I'm sorry, his partner. Guys, it's a it's another biological male mm, who is his true. partner. But like this biological male also dresses up as a female. So it's gay like you're just shit. gay. gay with you're just shit. gay. Like you're just gay. <laughs> and guess what? Gay marriage is allowed now. We could argue that maybe it shouldn't be because we've degraded Definitely into a talking about how, you know, the left now wants to normalize pedophilia, True. but it is allowed. So I, this just seems like a, an inappropriate number of steps to just be in a gay relationship. Well, that's all it was. I remember last time we talked about something and I was like, so wait a minute, you got what, two trans people and they're both biological, you're just gay. I went all through all these extra, <laughs> extra steps to just be gay. Like, what was the point? That's way too much work. Like a lot of work, a lot of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to be just gay. Just be gay. Like what in the... <laughs> so stupid. And even within their new genders, like they both transition to female, transition that's still gay, like yeah. they're lesbians, but right. they're just gay dudes. And you wanna know something? Okay, Antifa Super Soldier, that dude's pretty big, that dude's he huge, is. okay? That's true. A lot of people a lot of people on the right like to be like, well, I'm not homophobic, okay? Homophobic means I'm scared of gay people. I'm not scared of gay people, they're gay. <laughs> no, I would make the argument that you should be scared uh, and, and you know, take homophobia with pride because, you know, A, LGBTQ, the movement, grooming your children, okay? B, these people lack impulse control, okay? And we've gone to these events. You've got, the, first off, they're grooming children in public, public displays of pedophilia, standing outside of the AR-15s, you know, guarding it, guarding the public display of pedophilia. And they are extreme. They can be extremely violent, man, okay? These people, as I said, low impulse control. They get very offended very easily. Well, to your Emotional. point, to your point, I mean, they, they do, they, like, they have this movement now where they're constantly posting ARs and yeah, pictures yeah. of guns on their flag mm -hmm. saying defend equality on their yeah. flag. And by the way, they didn't stop doing this right after a trans person went and shot up a school and more. killed, yeah, killed several school children. And then they were like, no, but you know what? Uh, we should actually feel bad for the shooter because think about what she might have been going through, right? I mean, it's just crazy. The religious abuse. They told me not to sin. It's abuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's outrageous, man. Um, yeah, like, look, I obviously have no no issues with them, like, you know, wanting to carry guns and wanting to do whatever they want to do. But the crazy thing is, is that it's a difference between protecting yourself and whatever goofy stuff that you want to do and messing with children. 
Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you right. don't have a right to do right. that, right? right. Like, there's, no, there's no rights to, to, to access children and to do goofy stuff it is that you want to do. And for whatever reason, they always conflate those issues, which is why they're able to present themselves as victims. Uh, you know, bringing up a good point with the whole uh, shooting. It's like, hey, well, think about what had to happen for that person to go crazy uh, instead of looking at it. Well, that person was a deranged just individual that did, that did something that was objectively bad. They still somehow had to present themselves mm-hmm. uh, a, a, as the as the victim. And that's what, why victimhood in general is just so so dangerous because you justify bad behavior. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, because this particular issue when it comes to kids, um, I don't see it not just going to the Supreme Court eventually. We Mm -hmm. just saw um, over in Tennessee, there was a lower court that had actually put an injunction on the ban on uh, child mutilation, so child sex changes basically, including the puberty blockers and the hormones and all of that. Um, And so the ACLU sued, one at the lower court level, but then the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals actually reversed that. So they are allowing this ban to take place. Every state's going to get sued when they do this. Yeah. And you've got to imagine that eventually it is going to make its way up to the Supreme Court. Um, and I mean, if it's soon, I would like to believe that we're solid on that. But with yeah. John Roberts, I sometimes don't know. I don't know. I think it would be best case scenario. I think I think it going to the Supreme Court. But, Better case scenario, they just say, hey, look, transing, transit, transitioning in general is unconstitutional. I don't see that happening. But no, I, I, I have faith that that would be optimal for us. Yeah, because I mean, but I'm just like, I, I, there are child abuse laws on the books all, all everywhere, everywhere. So this should really this shouldn't should be even no be a thing. Like, I know. The Supreme The only Court. reason that it's not a law already is because nobody yeah, thought yeah, that yeah, people yeah, would yeah, do it. That's, that's so exactly outrageous. what it was. It's like, it's <laughs> yeah. one of those things, like I said, we're talking about legitimate acts of aggression here. Like, you know what I mean? This is one of those things that, you know, even in the, you talk about libertarian social order, I'm pretty sure like everybody understands like, leave children alone, number one, and that they can't consent. So, you know, any act to do something like that, whether it be through puberty blockers or surgery, top or bottom, whatever you want to call it, those are objectively acts of aggression, right? You're a criminal. You you become the criminal there. And anybody that's advocating that would be exactly that. Um, and yeah, the fact that it it it's this is even a dispute just goes to show just the cultural rot that we're in right now that we're, we're having a serious conversation where people think that it is a legitimate position to have to think that you can do that to children. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, how far we've fallen. Um, all right, we gotta take another quick break. We'll be right back. Vice President Kamala Harris had a quite the Freudian slip over the weekend when talking about green energy, and she was just like, she just basically was like, "Oh, we need to uh, reduce the population." Actually, oops, I forgot. I'm in front of a crowd. I shouldn't have said that out loud. Watch. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Wow, dude. Was she trying to wow. say like pollution? Oh, that definitely wasn't Probably. supposed to come out. Like, but that's not like the same word. Like well, no. pollution, <laughs> yeah, popula- pollution like, population. Like, th- th- that's not really the same word. Yeah, if I gave the benefit of the doubt, I think yes, she's saying. Yes, that, that's what she's, the White House says. But no way, she just dude. went to the actual, on the one that you're not supposed to, the, that quiet part that you're not supposed to say out loud was where she went with it. 
Look, you want to know something as a Georgia native? Shout out to the guy who blew up the Georgia Guidestones. I don't condone, I don't condone acts of violence like that, but those had to go. All right, those had to go, and we're going to take down the depopulation agenda. They're trying to kill us. All right, it's very satanic. It's disgusting. They're poisoning us in every verifiable capacity. Mm. And uh, you know, she just she just sort of let it slip. Yeah. Well, I mean, not only are they trying to are they poisoning us, and are they trying to uh, depopulate, but they also want to make it very uncomfortable for the, those of us who do survive because they're like, but if you do survive, you're going to eat bugs. Mm. And then you're going to kill well, yourself. They want you miserable. <laughs> you're so miserable. miserable. <laughs> is what these people, these people want. They want you miserable. Yeah. Absolutely. Miserable. And then, by the way, when you're eating the bugs, it's not going to make a difference because the amount of emissions that like we actually create versus the pollution that we actually create versus China and India is like never even going to make a dent on it. So you're going to be eating mealworms for no reason. Gross. Yeah. Don't do not do that. Don't eat the mealworms. Snowpiercer. They got the blocks of cockroaches. Oh. <laughs> Cockroach and gelatin. Ew. Oh. God. oh. <laughs> All right. We got to hurry up and cut. I got to go puke. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.